0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another videocast of Bleak Podcast. My name is Stuart Crawford, and um, uh, my background is in the armed services, and I'm delighted to welcome back to the series of podcasts Philip Ingram, who is an expert in all aspects of information and intelligence. And the broad uh, topic uh, of today's discussion is going to be on information, misinformation and disinformation, on which Philip is the expert and I am not. But my interest in this um, uh, originates from being a soldier in British Army of the Rhine in the 1980s, when we were very conscious that the Russians in particular uh, were very good at this sort of uh, these sort of operations. And more recently, funnily enough, in a Scottish political context, where there has been a raft of continuous disinformation, possibly misinformation, on such matters as so many frigates were promised by the government to be built on the Clyde, but they haven't been built, although it's patently, obviously, they, has been, they have been. And then more interesting is that we've built two aircraft carriers, but they don't work and they've got no aircraft for them, which, again, is just blatantly not the truth. So those are the two sort of elements that have sparked my interest in it. But as I said, I'm not the expert. And so um, I think we'll ask Philip to to, to lead off.
1: Well, thanks, Stuart. Um, yeah, you're one hundred percent right. You know the The information game is something that surrounds us today in a way it has never done beforehand. And you've quoted a couple of good examples in Scotland. You know we've got um, sixty elections around the world this year, and disinformation and misinformation, I'm afraid, will form a key part of how influence operations go on to try and convince people to vote for one side. Or the other side and some of those influence operations are coming from those um, in countries that have got nothing to do with where the elections are happening they're trying to influence things from a geopolitical perspective so as you said you know there's misinformation disinformation um uh, propaganda deception fake news um, and lots lots of different words that are out there and what are they what do they mean well it's really quite simple misinformation is information that is incorrect but you pass it around not knowing it's incorrect. So someone tells you something, you think, oh, go oh, cranky, that sounds shocking. I need to retweet that, repost that, tell my friends about it, and you push it out there and you don't realize that it's, it's, it's incorrect information. So you've accidentally pushed something that is wrong around. This is where the difference is between misinformation and disinformation. Disinformation is information that is incorrect, but you know it is incorrect and you're deliberately putting it out to try and mislead, to try and have an effect. Now, I'd ask the audience out there, do our politicians um, fill the sound waves with sound bites that are deliberately disinformation? Are they trying to mislead all of the time whenever they say things it's a rhetorical question but i think it's something that uh, we do suffer from in uh in uh, uh in our democracies today um propaganda is disinformation but usually controlled at governmental or military level for a political or a military effect usually in conflict deception is uh a, a an activity, it tends to be a military or a geopolitical activity that uses disinformation and hopes that lots of people will um, uh, push it out through misinformation. Again, it tends to be something that is part of a formal plan of doing things. And fake news is Donald Trump's catchall for uh, trying to describe all of that in a, in a modern era. Um, and that modern era is something that's interesting because we think of this as something that's new. It's not. Um I go back to one of my um, favourite books, which is The Art of War by Sun Tzu, that great Chinese general and philosopher from the 6th century. Um, i paraphrasing one of the bits in there. He says, all warfare is deception, all deception is warfare. You know, we, we, we've had disinformation since then. It's something that we in the West used to be good at. Um, I go to Operation Fortitude during the Second World War when there were a series of complex um propaganda, deception and disinformation operations run to convince Hitler that we're going to attack Europe through Greece and not through the Tour of Italy and through the Padicale and not through Normandy. And those included creating a um, you know, fake army um, uh, with fake tanks, you we know, blow up tanks and wooden aircraft with fake radio transmissions. Omar Bradley was the real commander for it but there was a fascinating operation called Operation Mincemeat where a a body was put out off the coast of Spain with most secret plans for the invasion of Southern Europe, knowing full well that it would wash ashore to a certain place um, and that those plans would end up in Hitler's desk. And they did, and Hitler believed them. So it's something we were good at. It's something that we seem to have forgotten and become victims of. Now look at uh, two of the current...
0: Areas of conflict in the world, uh, namely Ukraine, and again, then look at perhaps Gaza, and try and identify uh, where instances of uh, information, misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, fake news, and uh, deception uh, have been have been used. I'd be quite interested uh, in maybe one or two examples if if you are
1: able to provide them. Um. Disinformation is an active part of uh, all of the operations that are going on, um, and they're they're integrated into it at at every level. Um, and I said I wasn't going to use the word maskarovka, but um, you know, I I I I, w- I will in this case because it's part of Russian's Russia's doctrine, which is masking, which is um, trying to um, throw people off the scent. It doesn't mean telling. Um, a complete lie. Um, the the Russians do that, and the, you know that that's Voranya which is to lie in Russian. Uh, but they have that almost as a a bit of a, a bit of a policy. Um, it it's just to it's just to throw doubt as to what's happened, so that um the, you the target audience um is kept uncertain, and therefore you can exploit that uncertainty for for your own ends. So you know, the disinformation campaign that's been pushed back into um the russian people is the fact that russia is uh has been threatened by nato there was an imminent nato nato uh, threat of a nato attack against russia um, and therefore russia was duty-bound to protect uh, russians uh, by uh, invading ukraine and stopping ukraine becoming a safe space for nato to build up and, and mount those attacks from um that was very much aimed at the russian domestic audience and if you listen to the wording of it it, it ties in with the um the, the the very strong nationalistic emotional um uh stance that the russians love to take you know if it wasn't for that emotional stance then you know you have to question why vladimir putin ever got ele- re-elected as as president because the economy was tanking unemployment's going through the roof um cost of living's going through the roof um uh, but he, he managed to secure a, a bigger percentage of the vote, if it was legitimate, which we have to question, um, by um, uh, condemning the West for blaming Russia for the attack on Sergei Skripal um, in Salisbury um, 2017. That's when the last Russian election was. So we're seeing just about every post that comes out from Russia on Russian television um, aimed at providing a disinformation um, uh, narrative to the Russian people to justify why Russia is continuing its activities. And we then see the same when it comes to international activities to try and split things. So if we look at the Nord Stream pipeline um, explosion, uh, the gas pipeline that was blown up in the uh, the Baltic Sea, um, one of the first statements that came out was that uh, the Royal Navy were behind it. Now, if you look at a number of the statements that have come out from the from the Russians, um, the Russians have been very good at trying to turn around and blame the UK um, on every occasion. You know, the just after that, the the Nord Stream pipeline um, came out. Uh, the Russians put out a, a yet another nuclear rhetoric threat um, uh, through Peskov, their 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 spokesman, um, and. When asked and quizzed on it, he turned around and said, "Yes, well, you have to recognise that you know it is the threats from the UK foreign secretary that have made us uh, get to a position where we, ha- we have to be prepared to do what what is necessary." He was sending a message out to the wider European Union, trying to blame the UK for um uh, deteriorating relations between Russia and. Um, the EU and everything else in the early days of the reinvasion of Ukraine because I think he believed that with Brexit the UK was in a vulnerable position um, with the EU and that would rally the EU behind an anti-UK response. He hadn't realised that the international community um, rose well above that and they misjudged it completely. Um, And this is where when you use information if you think of things from your perspective and not the other side's perspective, it's very easy to misjudge things. Um, disinformation, uh, again, in the um, uh, the Israel-Gaza war, um, we saw um, in the early days of the war that there was um, an explosion outside one of the hospitals in northern Gaza. And within minutes, Hamas put up a statement on Twitter X um, turning around and saying, Israeli airstrike attacks hospital, hundreds dead. That was immediately reposted by um bbc sky and most other international um, television channels without anyone sitting looking at it if you looked at the picture um it was quite obvious something had fallen and therefore it was probably uh, more likely a munition failure and that probably had been fired from within gaza and therefore it was highly unlikely it would have been an israeli strike and in the early days you know israel was not in a position where it was striking hospitals in that sort of way. But by that stage, the headlines were out. Israel airstrike um, attacks hospital. And we saw that fly in a viral way across every social media channel that there was. And it was only days later, whenever you got some of the mainstream channels get their verified departments to go through it and they come back cap in hand going oh well we can't confirm one way or the other which it was it was blindingly obvious and you you stuart know as a military commander if there is a, a an accident somewhere where um something goes wrong or you accidentally target something even if you're in the headquarters that has launched the attack it takes you it can take you hours to get to the bottom of the truth and find out what's going on by the time you gather all the bits of information. So there's no way would Hamas know within less than two minutes that it was an Israeli airstrike and everything else. So they deliberately put that out to try and um, uh, skew the picture, and they were very successful. And they're doing that across the board. I have seen um, television pictures of casualties and supposed uh, bomb sites and rocket sites and all the rest of that are so obviously staged um it's it's really quite amateurish but they've been put out as gospel on our mainstream news and this is where our mainstream news has to realize that its headlines influence probably more than they inform and there, and the, the headline is what many people focus on and don't actually sit and read or listen to the story um and this is where i think we're losing the information game um, in both conflicts from a western perspective um, and that's a shame
0: there are sort of nuances of the uh, the recent troubles in Northern Ireland, when uh, the British Army took ages to get the truth out, but the uh, uh, other uh, side were very quick to claim uh, the circumstances in which various events happened. Thankfully, that's all in the past now.
1: Um, <laughs> oh no, it's not.
0: <laughs> what, what I'd like to move on to now, if I may, is. Um, You mentioned uh, earlier in the introduction the number of elections that are taking place this year. Uh, Most importantly, I suppose, the presidential election in the USA, but also our own general election. Uh, And do you think that both these events are going to be uh, exploited uh, by those who would do us harm uh, through the various mechanisms that we've just been discussing?